Thanks for joining us for the Exchange Church Podcast. Here's this week's message from our special guest. Thank you, Pastor. That's a good song. I like that. That's awesome. Um, I'm so, so excited to be here this morning. Um, my family um, just got back from vacation literally last night. We've been on a two-week vacation and somebody asked me, they said, how was it? And I said, it should have been longer. And I know, doesn't that sound horrible, a two-week vacation? And then you're like, I need two more weeks, please. Because y'all, me and Jesus at the beach, there's something that happens. And oh, it was so good. Like, I was sitting there earlier, and I was thinking, oh, I miss the beach a little bit. But I'm here now, and I'm excited to be here this morning because I believe that God has birthed a word in my heart for each of you. And I believe that he's here to meet you today. Um, I want to take a minute. Um, it's so funny because Pastor told me earlier, he, I always want Pastor to go over my notes because I value so much him speaking into my life. And he said, Dana, he goes, you have on your honor, but you don't have to honor us. And I was like, okay. But yes, I do. <laughs> because not because this is something that he asked, but because it's our heart. It's our heart that y'all, we are so blessed to sit under the leadership that we sit under. And there's never a day I take that for granted. There's never a moment. There's never a moment that your sacrifice isn't seen for everyone here. We know that you contend for us. We know that you battle for us. And we love you. And I believe your best days are in front of you. So thank you. Thank you for being our best. We're going to... Um, we're going to read the word real quick. We're going to read my text and we're going to be seated um, in Exodus 8, 1 through 15. This is kind of a different text, but y'all stay with me. Then the Lord said to Moses, go to Pharaoh and say to him, this is what the Lord says. Let my people go so that they may worship me. If you refuse to let them go, I will send a plague of frogs on your whole country. The Nile will teem with frogs. They will come up into your palace and in your bedroom." And onto your bed, onto your bed. Oh, I'm sorry. I just, I keep picturing that in my head and it's disgusting. Into the houses of your officials and on your people and into your ovens and your feeding troughs. Y'all, that's disgusting. God's hysterical, right? Okay. The frogs will come up on you and your people and all of your officials. And then the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron Stretch out your hand with your staff over the streams and canals and ponds and make frogs. This is so funny. Frogs come up on the land of Egypt. So Aaron stretched out his hands over the waters of Egypt, and the frogs came up and covered the land. But the magicians did the same thing by their secret arts, and they also made frogs come up on the land of Egypt. So, like, they doubled it on themselves and didn't even realize it, which I think is hysterical, too. Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, Pray to the Lord to take the frogs away from me and my people, and I will let your people go to offer sacrifices to the Lord. Moses said to Pharaoh, I leave to you the honor of setting the time for me to pray for you and your officials and your people that you and your houses may be rid of the frogs, except for those that remain in the Nile. Tomorrow... Pharaoh said. Moses replied, it will be as you say, so that you may know that there is no one like the Lord our God. The frogs will leave you and your houses, your officials, and your people. They will remain only in the Nile. Jesus, I thank you so much 
for the opportunity to share the word that you've given me. God, there's no greater honor that I have in my life than to hear your voice. And I ask today as I share your word, God, that you will just let peace, peace rest here right now in the name of Jesus. That any fear and anxiety that walked in those doors is no longer welcome here. Father, I ask that you let the words of my heart, God, let them be pleasing to you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all can be seated this morning. So when I was, when I was reading this text and I was studying, I, it made me think of this really funny story of when I was in college. And I need to start this story with, I am not nature girl. For me, nature is sitting on a beautiful covered front porch in a rocking chair with some lemonade in my hand, watching nature. Being in nature, unlike Pastor Carrie, who was like Snow White and all the animals teamed to her, um, I would be the opposite side of that. So I'm not nature girl, but when I was in college, a bunch of my friends said, Dana, I went to college in Missouri, and a bunch of my friends said, Dana, we're going to go caving. You should come with us. And my first thought was, well, that's in nature. But they all really wanted to go. It was a huge group of us, like 30 people. So we all piled into these trucks. And thankfully, they had told me, you're going to get dirty, so just be prepared for it because you climb in these caves and, you know, there's things there. So I really needed more information, I have to tell you. But anyway, so we get to the cave, and um, I'm like, I'm doing this. I'm going in. So you get in this cave, and, y'all, it's, it was huge. Like, the just the massiveness of what surrounded you was kind of mind-boggling, really and truly. So they tell me, it's like it's just like a little hike. It's a little hike. It was not a little hike. I could have climbed Everest for all the work that I had to do to get in and out of this cave. But I was like, no, I'm going to do this. I'm going to jump full in. I'm going to go, you know, full throttle. I'm going to be, I'm going to be so present in this moment. So we get into this cave and we're climbing and we have the little hats on, you know, that had the little lights. So cool. So we're climbing through the caves and it's dark. Like if you turn the lights on off, you couldn't even see your hand in front of your face. So we climb up these really steep inclines and you climb back down and you're just going and all this exploring in these caves. And at at one point they even said, okay, there's a mudslide that you have to go down and you just kind of jump and trust that you're going to fall into this, this mudslide. So it was like this big waterfall, but it was a mud waterfall. Again, not nature girl, not, not nature girl at all. And the idea of mud, like, ew, but I was in it. I was in it to win it, right? So I jump, and I jump into this waterfall of mud. And by the time I'm down, y'all, I am covered literally head to toe, like inside my shoes with mud. But I was having so much fun. I was like, everybody else around me was covered with mud. We might as well enjoy the experience, right? So I was in it. I was enjoying this. I was loving it. Way out of my comfort zone. But I loved it. I was having a great time. And then right before we were almost done, they said, there's just one more section that we have to go through. And it's this little tunnel. And you have to get on your hands and knees, and you have to crawl through it. And then once we get through the other side of the tunnel, we're out. I was like, okay, I could do this. I just went down a mud waterfall. Not nature girl just went down a mud waterfall. I can do this. Well, then they gave some more instructions. They said, so when you're going through, um, just go straight through. You can only go one at a time because it's so tight. Remember, there's 
like 30 of us. So we're going, he said, and then I said, but don't turn your light on because of the way that the tunnel is just, you have to put your hat way down so you can't even turn your, your light on. Okay, I've trusted you this far, I might as well. So we climb into the tunnel and I, as we get in, like, I'm like a quarter of the way in and I notice like I feel something slimy under my fingers but I can't really tell what it is because my hands are so caked in the mud that I just gotten from that waterfall or mud fall. What do you call that? I guess a mud waterfall. Anyway, so I'm, I'm like caked in mud, so I can't really tell what it is I'm feeling. And some of the girls come in behind me, you heart start hearing squealing. And I was just one of those people, just, just embrace the suck and get through it, right? So I was like, quit squealing, just go. But then one girl turned on her light and then she started screaming and she started screaming because the little tunnel that they had just taken us through we were literally surrounded by thousands and thousands of frogs top bottom around everywhere and when the light came on they just start falling on you because all of a sudden the light came on. So <laughs> I didn't know frogs could make you so fearful, but y'all, I have never moved that fast in my whole life. I'm screaming at the people, because you know, there's a line of us going through this tunnel. I'm screaming at these people, move, move, get out of my way. The frogs are falling on you. Still to this day, I can feel those little frogs crawling all over me. They weren't going to hurt me. They weren't going to bite me. They weren't those venomous, crazy frogs. They were just frogs, and we had come into where they lived. That was their home, and we had just turned the light on when we had been told not to turn the light on. I'm a rule follower. Do not turn on the lights. They would have never fallen on us had the frogs, but y'all, whenever I read this story of Pharaoh and the frogs, and I heard that, that God gave him an option. Tell me when you want the frogs gone. In that moment when I was in the cave, I would have paid everything I had, every piece of clothing and shoes, and I love my shoes. I would have given it all to be out of that cave in that moment. But you know what Pharaoh said? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. What is that even about? He had frogs climbing up in his bed while he was sleeping. They were in their ovens, in their their troughs where they prepared their food. They were everywhere. The, the, the frogs that I experienced are nothing compared to what they experienced. Yet, he said tomorrow. And I couldn't help but think, how many, how many of us have frogs in our lives? These big things in our lives that we want God to take care of. And we say, no, I'll wait till tomorrow. Right? We ask God, God, we need financial provision. But I'm not going to trust you today with my tithe because I'm broke. Right? Are you all here with me this morning? We say, God, please heal my marriage. My marriage is broken. I need you to heal my marriage. But when you have the option to go to counseling, you say, I'll go tomorrow. You want a better relationship with your kids, but when they sit down next to you on a couch, you're playing on your phone and you're too busy to hear what it is they want to say to you and you don't want to be present in that moment because whatever's on Facebook is more important than spending time with your kids. Ooh, that one hurt, y'all. <laughs> I just got to tell you, I got to work on that a little bit more. Um, we, 
we say, God, I want you to help me to be, to be free from pornography. But we're not, we need our computer tonight. Maybe tomorrow, God. Maybe tomorrow I'll put away the things that cause temptation in my life. We're living a life that is totally opposite of what he asked us to do. But we say, I would rather be comfortable. I would rather be comfortable in my mess. And I'll just wait for tomorrow. But God wants you to know that today, you don't have to wait for tomorrow. Today is a day of breakthrough here. Today is a day where you get to say no more tomorrow, that I'm walking into freedom today. When I walk out of those doors, there's not going to be any more of this. My marriage is going to be healed because breakthrough is here today. I'm going to have financial provision today because I trust you, God, and my breakthrough is here today. My relationship with my children, no more, God. I will not wait for tomorrow. It will be healed today because breakthrough is here today. And it's time for us to contend for those things that are so much bigger than what we are. When you contend for something, when, when, I was looking, when I was looking it up, contend means to make effort upon effort upon effort. And I just think when I contend, it's like going just a little farther when I'm praying, a little farther when I'm worshiping. I'm going to go all in. I'm going to contend, right? A contender pushes past, a contender trains, a contender fights, a contender battles. So how do we contend for the breakthroughs that we need in our lives? The first way that I think we contend is we contend through worship. So much breakthrough happens when we begin to contend in worship. The reason it happens is because we begin to set an atmosphere that welcomes the Spirit of the Lord. And when the Spirit of the Lord is welcome, that's when miracles happen. That's when breakthrough happens. When he is present in our lives and we allow him to be present in our lives, that's when breakthrough comes. Worship is a lifestyle that constantly desires to spend time with God. I, I just kept writing that down. I, I would erase it and come back to it. I would erase it and come back to it because I just thought it, th- it sounded like hyper-spiritual. You know, but I want to put it this way. So, you know, when you're starting out a new relationship, and I've been married for a lot of years, but I'm just going back to what I remember. It's, yeah. Anyway, so when you're starting a new relationship, you can't wait to talk to that person, right? They walk in the door and you get all tingly, right? Baby, I still get tingly every time you walk in the door. Um, and then when I was growing up, especially in junior high, Pastor Carrie, do you remember this? We would write the love letters. Y'all all text now? It was love letters. I remember how we would fold them that special way with the little hearts on them? And they went, yeah. I, I actually have letters from Pastor Carrie that she folded special. Anyway, so, you, you know, you know, but they, they would give you letters and you would read this letter over and over again. You would have it memorized. You would never dream of not reading that letter, right? You wouldn't just leave an unopened letter in there, right? You, you want to you be with them. You want to talk about, about them, and you want to talk to them. Every decision you make, you want to know what their input is, right? Your relationship with God and worship is 100% the same way. 
when I have a relationship with God and I want intimacy with God, I'm going to worship him and want to spend time with him. Because through that worship comes an outpouring of love, not because I have to, but because I want to. Because he's my greatest love. He's the love of my life. There's nothing. There's no relationship that I have in my life that's more important than that relationship. So I want to pour into him. I want to love on him. I want to tell him how wonderful he is. I want to thank him for how good and how kind he's been to me. When we're contending for breakthrough, it can be so easy to focus on the problems that we have instead of spending the time with him. And worship doesn't have to just be in a church setting. It's easy, especially when we're here and we have such great worship like we had today. It can be so easy to think, okay, I did my worship, box checked. But worship isn't like that. Worship is spending time with him every day. Worship can be you sitting in the car and just saying, hey, Jesus, I love you. And if it's not something that you practice, you're going to feel really silly at the beginning. I'm not going to lie to you. But when you begin to live a lifestyle and you create a habit of saying, God, I welcome you into every aspect of my life. Every time I'm in the car, every time I'm in the grocery store, God, I welcome you. I welcome your heart into my heart. And when we're, one thing that I love is instead of focusing on my problem, worship does this thing. When I choose to place him above my situation or my issue or whatever it is I'm dealing with, when I choose to place him above it, I have to place that issue down. I have to so I can raise my hands, so I can worship. I can't hold that, I can't hold that thing up if I want to worship with him with true abandon. i got to lay it down. And when I choose to do that, he becomes bigger than my issue. He becomes bigger than my circumstance, and that's when breakthrough happens. Breakthrough happens when we're like, none of that even matters anymore. It's just you and me. I get to spend time with you. One thing, one thing that I just want to be really honest with you guys today, when we're in a, in a place in our lives that's kind of difficult to worship, and even when we're not, you know, sometimes I, I've, there have been times I've come in on a Sunday morning, and y'all, worship is my thing. I love worship. But there have been Sundays that I am so distracted by whatever's going on in my life, and it could be nothing bad but I'm just not where I need to be in alignment with the heart of the Father, that I'll come in and during worship, I'm going over my grocery list. Right? Nothing bad's going on. I'm just not in alignment with his heart in that moment. And I have to make a conscious decision to shift my atmosphere to what he has for me over here. The grocery list can wait. The hurt that's happening in my heart can wait because God knows. He knows what's going on. And so I lay it down so I can spend time with him. And it's okay. It's okay to, to, to be distracted. And it's even better when you recognize the distraction because then you can shift. Because you know what's happened when you recognize the distraction? The Holy Spirit has revealed it to you. It's a little whisper that he said, hey, come back over here. I want to spend some time with you. I want to love on you. Can we just spend time together? God will always honor a heart that seeks after him, always, even the broken hearts. The next thing I want to talk to you about is contending in prayer. And y'all, I know that that one sounds like it's a given. Of course, when we're praying for something, when, we, when we're asking God for something, of course we want to contend in prayer. 
But do you know the number of people that think that that's just a given? That think, well, God already knows. He already knows my heart. He knows all those things, so I don't have to spend time with him. He wants to hear from you. Yes, he knows. He's God. He's got it. But he wants to hear from you. It's all about that relationship. We talked earlier about about the love letter, like when when you have a love letter from a boyfriend or a girlfriend or, or a text now, right? It's a text. So would you read that text over and over and over again? What about the word that he's given us? What about this word? This is the ultimate love letter that he's given us. But we leave it closed, sitting on our table and letting it get dusty. You guys, something that the Lord's really been talking to me about, and I had, I had someone come up to me and say, I just want the Lord to give me a word. I want the Lord to give me a word. They'd seen some other people have prophecies spoken over them. And prophecy is a beautiful gift to the church. It's a beautiful gift, and I want to be careful that you understand where I'm coming from. But if you want a word from the Lord, pick up your Bible. This is a word from the Lord. You don't have to wait for someone to come to you and say, hey, God wants you to know, because he already told you. He wrote it out for you. It's a love letter written to you from him for every area of your life that you're contending for. You want breakthrough? It's right here. You don't have to wait for someone to call out your name. You don't have to wait. And we want to we wait. We want to be like Pharaoh. We want to say tomorrow when you don't have to wait for tomorrow. It's right here. Take hold to the promises that he has for you. One thing that happens when, when I contend in prayer, because I've already contended in worship, I've created an atmosphere that welcomes him. So when I begin to talk to him and spend time with him and my heart is in alignment with him, all of a sudden when I'm asking for breakthrough, there's a click that takes place, not just in my heart but in the spirit world. Something happens when you shift in alignment with God. The breakthrough that you're praying for, that you're asking for, that you're contending for, when you become in alignment with his heart, it's there. There is no demon in hell that can stop a breakthrough when you're in alignment with the heart of the Father. When I think about contending in prayer, I always think about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Because that's what contending looks like to me. The Bible tells us that he actually was sweating blood. He was praying so hard. And yes, he was Jesus. But can you imagine the fear? He knew what was coming. He knew what was coming. He didn't want to go through that pain. He did it out of love for us. But he didn't want to go through that. Of course he was frightened because he was fully human. He didn't want to be put on a cross and beaten and crucified. He didn't want that. And he said, God, if there was any way, if there's any way for this cup to pass from me, if there's any way, God, please take it away from me. And then, then I picture this. I picture him. He says, but if it's not your, I just want to follow your will, Father. So if it's, if it's not your will for this cup to be taken away from me, I just want to be in alignment with your heart, Father. And so I picture Jesus standing up, 
and I see him put on this face. It's his face of determination. He has a destination to go to, and he's walking. He's got this face. He's got the fight face, right? He's got a fight face on. He knows what he has to do, and he's going to do it. You want to contend for something? Put on your fight face. It's time. God, if this isn't your will to take this from me, for this to be on me, then God, give me the strength to walk the path that you put in front of me and I'm going to put my fight face on and I'm going to be everything that you've called me to be because I know you're walking with me and I know it's your will. And there is always perfect peace when we know we're in the middle of the will of God. When our hearts are in alignment with his, we can lay down fear. Y'all, fear is such a liar. It is such a liar. It will whisper things into your heart and you will believe them. But God wants to whisper back to you he wants to tell you how much he loves you. He wants to tell you what's available to you. But when we worship and we create that atmosphere and we allow our Father to speak our promises over him, then fear can no longer be louder than the promise. The promise becomes so much louder than anything that fear speaks over you. And ultimately, when we trust God with our lives, we no longer ask God, what if this happens? We say, even if. Even if I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going I'm to trust that everything that you have for me is good because you're a good father. And then the last way, y'all, that we contend is we contend in community. And it's easy when you're in the middle of contending for something, especially when it's deeply personal, to completely distance yourself from the body of Christ. Because one thing that happens is Satan will tell you that you're alone. Satan will tell you you're on an island, that this is just you. God doesn't even see you. And so you isolate yourself. And we have to be very careful to not do that. One thing that I struggle with I was telling my husband, I said, I feel like I am either one extreme or the other. I either will completely isolate myself or I will do the opposite and I will tell everyone everything. And I said, I think I should probably find a happy medium. <laughs> See, he's nodding. He was like, that's exactly what he did yesterday. Because there's one thing that I've learned. Your community is important. The people that you surround yourself with, we've always told our kids, be mindful of who you surround yourself with because they will shape you. The people that you choose to speak into your life will shape you and mold you whether you intend it for it to happen or not. And so when you're struggling, you want to be mindful of the people that are around you. When you're contending for something, you want to be careful that the people around you are those people that will pray for you, those people that won't just pray for you but will challenge you and will call you out on your stuff when you're doing stuff you shouldn't be doing. That one hurt, didn't it? A little bit. you got to make sure that you're surrounding yourself with people that are also in alignment with the heart of the Father. You have to make sure that you're not going to people just to talk about your problem. That's why you have to be mindful of the people around you. Because it's easy when you're hurting to want to just vomit your situation all over everybody. 
But God has intentionally placed people around you in divine positions so they can be available to you when you're at your most vulnerable. Community is important. There was a little boy, his name was Jackson. And y'all, he, um, his dad is, I think he's like the music, over all of music for Bethel Church in Reading. And his son, his little boy Jackson became very, very ill. He was literally on death's door. And I, be, I, I follow him on Instagram, so I had seen the story and I had, um, I watched and I remember just praying for this little boy. Because y'all, it, was, it became apparent that unless God intervened, this little boy was going to die. And it happened so suddenly. It was right before Christmas. It happened so suddenly. And I remember just being kind of in awe because something happened within the global church. The global church rose up and began praying over these people. They would have prayer meetings for this child in Australia, in Malaysia, all these parts of the world. They didn't know this little boy. They didn't know who he was. But the global church rose up, and a little boy whose organs were shutting down is 100% healed today because of the power of the global church. Don't tell me community is not important. Don't tell me that the people that you surround yourself with are not important. Because while all of us might not have access to the global church, you have access to this community that God's placed you in today. And the power that sits in this room can banish every, every breakthrough that you need today. It can banish every fear, every bit of anxiety, every bit of depression. It can heal marriages. It can restore families. Because that's the power of the church that God has here in this room today. Several weeks ago, I was, at, I was at a conference. I was at a conference with some people in our church. And it was incredible. We spent a whole day just in amazing worship. And, and then that night, we got to hear an amazing sermon from Christine Kane. She's amazing. Um, and then at the end, she had an altar call for breakthrough. Out of the corner of my eye, out of the corner of my eye, I saw our pastor who was sitting behind me. And I just kind of glanced at him and then I did one of these. Because y'all, he had the face. He had this face on, y'all. It still gives me chills when I think about it. But he had this face on of such determination. He had a destination, and it was that altar, and he wasn't going to leave until he had the breakthrough that God had just told him he needed. Y'all, he walked down that aisle with such determination. I wish you could have seen him. If there had been people in front of him, he'd have pushed them out of the way because he knew where breakthrough was, and he wasn't going to leave until he had it. He had on his fight face. He said, enough. It is enough. No more. No more battling. No more. Breakthrough is here today. you could have seen his face hell saw his face hell saw his face and all of hell trembled you know why because our pastor was walking with the knowledge of whose he is he knows he's a son of the king of kings and the lord of lords he knows where his authority lies and he found it your breakthroughs here today today is a day of new beginnings I want to read this scripture to you real quick. I'm sorry, y'all, I didn't give this to you earlier. 
This Israel, it's not Israel, Isaiah 43, 18. Forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up, do, do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams and the wasteland. Your, your breakthrough is here today. It's time to put on your five face and say enough. And you have an opportunity to use all three of the tools. Worship has been here today. Prayer, prayer is here today. Your community is here today. It's time for your breakthrough. Jesus, I thank you so much. I thank you so much because even now, even now in this room, you're doing a new thing. We're not saying tomorrow anymore. We're saying now. We're saying enough. We're putting on the face that says we, we are ready. We are ready for all that you have for us. We are ready for freedom. God, we lay down our fear and we trust you with the promise that you've spoken over our lives. Y'all, this morning I'm going to invite you to stand. We're going to worship here for just a minute. Y'all, if today you need a day of breakthrough, don't wait. Don't wait. This altar is available to you, and we're going to be here to pray with you. But today is a day for breakthrough. Thank you for joining us today. We would love to hear how God is moving in your life. Share your story by visiting theexchangechurch.org and click on Connect to contact us.